superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts and eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I am Ryan Warmly, joined today by Pat Fitzmorris of Fantasy Pros and Bailey Musio of Player Profiler. More importantly, these are, according to our very own expert consensus rankings, two of the most accurate rankers in the entire fantasy football industry. They are award-winning accurate rankers, so we are very happy to have them on today. Billy, it's a very busy time of year. Thank you for making some time for us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, boys. Always like talking rankings. Uh, it's one of the things I just love to do. You know, stay up all night and, uh, and, and work on the rankings. It doesn't even feel like we're working. Oh, it, it never does when you're talking fantasy football. Pat, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, and uh, I'm always a little nervous, Ryan, because, you know, doing a show with Billy, if I feel like uh, if there's some divergence in our rankings, I'm always nervous about that because Billy is super sharp. And, uh, you know, if I'm very different on a player than he is, it's usually uh, maybe something in my process that has gone a little haywire. Yeah, you, usually for everybody else, that's how they feel recording with you, Fitz. But here, you actually have somebody who can go toe-to-toe with you in the accuracy. We are talking about 15 players to avoid in drafts this year. Uh, so you guys are each going to hit on every different position, wide receiver, running back, quarterback, then tight end. We will get started right away here since we got a lot of names to get through. Billy, I want to start with you. Give me three wide receivers that you are avoiding in drafts this year. Yeah, the first one is Calvin Ridley. Uh, I just don't like where he's going in drafts. We see him going at the FFPC anywhere from, I saw him go the other night as wide receiver 11 inside of a draft. And it's just a little rich for my blood, seeing that we have not seen him hit the field in over a year and a half. Although, you know, news reports out of camp have been great. His preseason usage was great. That being said, I'd still have a little hesitation selecting him that early. He has yet to ever eclipse the 1,000-yard mark ever since 2020. Prior to that, he has not done it any time in his career. He has only broken the 100-target mark once in his career, which was the same year in 2020. And outside of that, he has never eclipsed 900 yards in his career. This is a big ask of a player who has missed the field for one and a half years, of course, coming off the suspension for gambling. Prior to that, left middle of the year due to some mental health concerns we're in a new offense with a new coach with a new system and it's just a lot of chemistry that needs to be baked in for this to pay off as you know a top 15 wide receiver i like him more like wide receiver 20 wide receiver 22 i think that's more realistic but being inside the top 15 is a little rich for my blood the second receiver i have on my list is juju smith schuster we saw last year what he was not able to do inside of uh, the Kansas City offense. Now he goes over to the New England Patriots, who have a lot more concerns inside the passing game with the uh, inefficiencies of Mac Jones. And in a 16-game season last year, we only saw 101 targets. Juju finished as wide receiver 35, but this is was coming off one of the most explosive, if not the most explosive offense inside the NFL. I have major concerns about his usage in New England. Uh, we know that they just paid Devontae Parker $33 million. They have two tight ends they are planning to utilize in 12 personnel. Um, so there is a lot of, of passes to go around in this offense. And, and that is in, for the limited amount in which they're actually throwing. So Juju Smith-Schuster at cost is another receiver I'm just out on. Third and final receiver that I'm out on this year is Amari Cooper. Um, really liked what Amari Cooper did in the beginning of last year. But at the end of last year, we saw he did just lack the chemistry that he had with Deshaun Watson. Uh, beginning of the year, of course, he had Jacoby Brissett as his quarterback. However, when we look at the, the final few weeks that he played with Deshaun Watson, there was only one week that he finished inside the top 30 at the position, which was week 17 against Washington, where he had two touchdowns, but only on four targets. So that was an anomaly, in my opinion. Outside of that, he was wide receiver 30, wide receiver 44, wide receiver 61, wide receiver 54, and wide receiver 20 in fantasy points per game. I have some concerns with Amari Cooper and his usage, especially with the addition of Elijah Moore in this offense. And of course, they still have David Njoku and Donald Peoples-Jones. And Donald Peoples-Jones showed that he had the chemistry 
with Deshaun Watson last year. So there is some concerns in Cleveland with Amari Cooper for me. Yeah, Fitz, you are uh, above consensus on Calvin Ridley and you're at consensus on Amari Cooper. So there's a couple guys here that you might be a little higher on than Billy. So first of all, are you already feeling nervous that you're disagreeing <laughs> with such an accurate ranker? Uh, and second of all, which of those guys do you feel more strongly about being higher than Billy on, Ridley or, or Amari? Well, in a way, I do um, agree with what Billy's saying. Like, I, I have the same sort of trepidation about Calvin Ridley that he has. And there is this big drop off for me after wide receiver 14, which is T Higgins. And I have sort of debated who to put at wide receiver 15. I've had some different candidates. Two of them are guys Billy's mentioned, um, Cooper and Ridley. And I currently have Ridley in that spot. But um, again, big drop off from wide receiver 14 and wide receiver 15. I have some of the same reservations. And I think when I started in the offseason, I had Ridley in the 20s somewhere. I've slowly crept him up a little, but that doesn't mean I'm getting him in drafts. Like the fever for Calvin Ridley has uh, gotten pretty intense lately. So I'm, I'm just not getting him anywhere because there's always someone willing to draft him like late second round, early third round, it seems. And Cooper, yes, I'm also nervous about his lack of chemistry with Deshaun Watson last year at the end of the season. And also... These reports that every time Deshaun Watson has to sit in the pocket and play in structure, which is kind of what Kevin Stefanski wants him to do, things aren't going well. So that's a concern. You know, like if he has to play off script sort of the way he did with the Texans earlier in his career, that's not going to be a real good fit for what the Browns are trying to do offensively. Billy, do you think for either Ridley or Cooper or both that as we get into the second half of the season, you might be a little more optimistic about their output because they've adjusted to, you know, chemistry with Deshaun Watson, Ridley in the new offense. Is it kind of like you still want to see them shake off the rust in the beginning of the year and that's where you're getting trepidation? Or do you think it's like kind of the whole season you'll probably be ranking them lower than consensus? I think there's a real opportunity for them to both have you know stronger finishes. Um, I mean, I have Calvin Ridley projected for a, a season high or a career high in targets and a second career high in, in in yardage, a second career high in total touchdowns. So it's not like I'm projecting him to have this this huge down year. It's just in comparison to where he's being drafted, I have him being you know significantly lower so it's 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 just a matter of you know how the pie is sliced here and 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 where the rankings fall and and where he's being drafted and so it's it purely breaks down to cost for me inside of draft rooms he's just going way too high like it, round two the end of round two last night inside of an ffpc draft round three pretty consistently in ffpc drafts and it's just a little rich for my blood when we're able to get t higgins in that location we're able to get devonta smith in that location we're able to get um waddled into round two at times and so there's just so many more names in this area that have one been on the field two have um you know explosive offenses as well but also have shown Kim with their offenses and have haven't missed games and so there's just a lot more sure things in those area and I think Calvin Ridley is talented when he was you know a focal point of the Falcons offense that being said he's not young anymore he's 29 years old and it you know he's been he's been shelved for a year and a half and so you have to start to get a little concerned when that when that age approaches for a receiver receivers can usually play a little bit longer than running backs of course but it's still something else that just adds to the worry list for me and so i'm just to have a bit of hesitation selecting him in drafts at the current cost before we move on with today's show, let's take a second to talk about fantasy sports knockout. Think you've got fantasy football figured out? Think again. Introducing Knockout, a new survivor fantasy league that's worth the challenge. A season-long tournament where every week matters. Strategize, draft, survive. High effort with even higher stakes. Because who likes losing? Draft your lineup, use any players you want, but be careful, you can only use each player once. The lowest scoring entry is eliminated each week. The concept is simple. Survival is not. Stop losing. Start surviving in the only league where skills are tested and strategy pays off. Learn more at play.fantasysportsknockout.com slash fantasypros. Fantasy Sports Knockout is available for real money in certain states, but anyone can play in a user-created league. So if you think you know fantasy, prove it. Play.fantasysportsknockout.com slash fantasypros. Fitz, hit me with your three receivers you're avoiding. 
All right, the first is DK Metcalf. And oh, I see no. two possible avenues to disappointment here, Billy. Ooh, I'm, I can't wait to get the pushback from you based on that reaction. Um, avenue one to disappointment for DK Metcalf is that Jackson Smith and Jigba turns out to be really, really good. And uh, JSN just had a wrist injury. He's going to have surgery. It's possible he misses a week or two early in the season. But he's not expected to be out for long, apparently. And... Um, you know, I don't think it's too far-fetched that JSN comes in and, and carves a uh, big target share for himself right away, considering that two years ago he had 95 catches and 1,600 yards at Ohio State when he was sharing a field with Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. So um, avenue number two, Geno Smith regresses. And we saw a little bit of this late last season. Um, I don't necessarily think the bottom's going to fall out with Geno, but... It's worth noting that in his first 12 regular season games of 2022, he had a 72.7 completion percentage, a 108.7 passer rating, 22 touchdowns, six interceptions, 8.1 yards per attempt. And then in his last five regular season games, 63.3% completion rate, 83.9% or 83.9 passer rating, eight touchdowns, five interceptions, 6.2 yards per attempt, which isn't very good. So... Um, and there are just some things that sort of mildly bother me about DK's production profile last year. Uh, nice that he had a career high 90 receptions, but, you know, we think about DK being a big play guy. He averaged 11.6 yards per catch last year. That was a career low. His average depth of targets, uh, average depth of target, 11.2 yards. That was a career low. Only 2.4 yards after the catch per reception, which was a full two yards less than any other year in his career. So just a few things that sort of bother me about DK and people always, you know, are willing to take him late in the third, early in the fourth. I'm just sort of drafting around him. Um, number two on the list, Debo Samuel. I mean, I don't know if he's even the best receiver on his own team, Ryan. So, you know, after Christian McCaffrey arrived in San Francisco last year, which was week seven through the end of the regular season. Brandon Ayuk had a bigger target share than Debo and averaged 2.8 more PPR points per game. So he was better once McCaffrey joined the 49ers. Uh, Debo wasn't as valuable as Ayuk. And we've gotten some really nice bonus rushing yardage out of Debo in the last few years. It just sort of seems unlikely he's going to move the needle as a runner when Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell are both healthy. So if those guys stay relatively healthy, I don't see Debo adding a lot there. And, um, you know, I think in any he didn't have more than four carries in any game after CMC got to San Francisco. And then the final one is Chris Godwin. I'm not fading Godwin just because he's going from having a walk-in Hall of Famer as his quarterback to having Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask as his quarterback. But here's the important aspect of that quarterback change. Tom Brady led the NFL in pass attempts in each of the last two seasons with more than 700 pass attempts. That's more than 40 a game both of those years. Um, in 2019, Jameis Winston led all NFL quarterbacks in pass attempts. And then in 2020, Tom Brady was second in pass attempts. So basically for the last four years, Godwin's quarterback has either ranked first or second in pass attempts. And I just don't think that's going to be the case with either Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. We are going to see a drop off in volume. And there's this narrative that maybe that's um, like the quarterback thing is going to work out. It's going to be less ruinous for Godwin than it will be for Mike Evans, since he runs shorter routes, uh, easier to make those throws. But man, I mean... We've seen a downward trend with Godwin's average depth at target, bottoming it out at 5.7 yards last year, career low. And he also averaged just 9.8 yards per catch. With numbers like that, you have to do some serious volume to move the needle in fantasy. And the volume's not going to be there this year. There's no way Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask finishes first or second in pass attempts this year. So, um, yeah, I just... I'm a little concerned about what things look like, even though Godwin's a really good player. Mike Evans is a really good player. But Godwin's target totals, for raw target totals, they've been good. For target share, not that huge just because Evans is there. But what happens when the overall pie gets a lot smaller? And I think that's what we're going to run into this year.
Yeah, I, I'm fully with you on Godwin and Samuel. I definitely, I Ayuk is a better receiver than Samuel. I'll, I'll go to bat for that any day. Uh, but I, what I really want to follow up on is DK Metcalf because to pull back the curtain a bit, before news came out of Jackson Smith and Jigba's broken wrist, he was actually on Billy's list of players to avoid. We're of course now talking about the other, well, not the other, but one of the other receivers in that passing offense. So Billy, what's your pushback on Metcalf here? Yeah, prior to the injury news this morning, JSN was already on my list to avoid simply due to the fact that Seattle runs so much 12 personnel. Um, and we know that there's going to be an odd man out in a 12 personnel in the receiver group. And, and we expected that to be the rookie. Um, I, I do think that Jack Smith and Jigba probably comes on later in the year and more than likely takes over the locket target share. But that being said, now that he has, you know, the, the broken bone in the wrist and is slotted to miss some time, um, I think he's going to have an uphill battle to see the field earlier in the season now as he misses snaps and, and, and some repetition with the starters. That being said, I'm higher on DK Metcalf than Pat is. Uh, he's actually my wide receiver 14. Um, I've already adjusted with some slight target share adjustments with the news this morning as well. Metcalf prior to the JSN news was in that uh, wide receiver 18 range. So not much of an adjustment, but it is a slight bump. Uh, just that's a tight tier for me, like 14 through 18 is pretty tight. Uh, there's a lot of receivers in this area that I really like. Uh, and fantasy points, they're all separated by like five fantasy points. So any minor adjustment gets these guys up and down. But DK Metcalf, for me, when he's on the field, he's shown that he's just a beast. Um, 26% target rate last year, 25.5% target share. Um, we know that he's in Geno Smith's ear. We've seen it on the sideline. We've seen them you know, bond together as a receiver and as a quarterback. I do expect some regression from Geno Smith. I think that is evident, especially if you look down the trail end of last year and his interceptions towards the beginning of the season and then verse towards the end. Um, there was a, a, a clear difference in his his accuracy and you know his interceptable passes. That being said, uh, we have seen him kind of lean on DK Metcalf when he has struggled and he's been kind of a, a preferred target for him in the passing game. Um, I do think that this goes a long ways when we look at chemistry. Um, this goes outside of the analytics when I try to look at things in, from a human element perspective. Um, it's hard to ignore the fact that you have two guys that are bonded like this to where I could see a scenario where maybe it is a Tyler Lockett game, but then you have DK Metcalf in the ear of his, you know, his boy, Geno Smith. And then next thing you know, he's got a pretty big bounce back week the second week and so I just don't think we can count him out from a pure athletic standpoint he's one of the most athletic receivers in the league big bodied receiver as well um, with the addition of the injury to Jack Smith the Jigba I think it's only going to mean more positive things for DK Metcalf um, in terms of Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk that Pat mentioned I'm on the same page here you know I, I bleed red and gold as well and 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 believe that Brandon Ayuk is being underdrafted at his ADP uh, Ayuk had a very quiet 1,000 yards last year nobody's really talking about it but he he eclipsed that 1,000 yard mark Debo Samuel saw a 40% reduction in his rushing attempts um, what happens if he loses another 10% this year we're 15% this year which is a real possibility to Pat's point he didn't rush a lot when Christian McCaffrey was on the field so his rushing upside is going to be capped by Christian McCaffrey being healthy and on the field. If there is an injury to Christian McCaffrey, then all bets are off and Debo Samuel probably has a higher ceiling again. But that being said, we don't like to rank based upon contingent value with injuries. And so I'm going to set aside that and say I agree with Pat on Debo and Brandon Ayuk. Um, and who's the last receiver again? Godwin. Godwin. So this one is interesting to me because I agree with everything you mentioned about Tom Brady being out of town and and about, you know, the passing attempts coming down. I actually projected them for 160 pass attempts less than what they threw for last year. So that even baked in. However, there was some consolidation of targets this week when Russell Gage was declared out for the season with the ACL injury. Um, and we saw that target tree get pretty narrow. We already knew that they had K. Dotton, who was a, you know, a rookie tight end last year coming in, who's the, the now can be competing for more targets, but that leaves pretty much a pretty consolidated target tree for me between Evans and, of course, Godwin. We can expect to see Rashad White probably as the second or third most targeted option in this game as well. But 
the, my pushback, had, pushback has been with Baker this year is what if we saw 80% of what we saw of him in LA? We know that his time with the Browns was horrendous and he underperformed and, and was arguably one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. But what we saw with him last year in that small sample size with McVay and the Rams kind of reignited his career. And in my opinion, if we can get even 70% of that, I think we have a better Baker Mayfield than what we had in the Browns. And at that point then, I think that the receiving core for this team is going to be being underdrafted because it's a pretty consolidated target tree. I mean, realistically you have Godwin and Evans probably accumulating probably 50 to 55% of the total targets. And then you have, you know, rookie Trey Palmer, who's probably going to see 10 to 12%. And then you have, of course, the tight end probably going to see 12 to 14%. And then from there you have the running back who's probably going to see 10%. So I think that Godwin being in the slot is another benefit to him because if Baker does struggle, a struggling quarterback typically favors the slot receiver or the tight end or a dump off to the running back. So if anything, I think it hurts Mike Evans more than it does with Chris Godwin. Yeah, the the one thing about um, Baker, and I, I agree, we saw him play really well last year at the end of the season with the Rams, or, or at least pretty well. Um, I'm still a little terrified, Billy. I'm not going to lie that uh, <laughs> DJ Moore had 1,100-yard seasons with like Late career Cam Newton, um, like Kyle Allen, I think was the Panthers' primary quarterback one of those years, and Sam Darnold. And the only guy who wrecked DJ Moore's fantasy value entirely was Baker Mayfield. Like, I mean, Baker or DJ Moore wasn't even startable when Baker Mayfield was quarterbacking the Panthers. So that that kind of makes me fearful for the value of Godwin and Mike Evans. Yeah, all valuable, all, all all valuable concerns. I think that I'm just saying he has outs. I'm a poker player. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> we'll uh, we'll move to the running backs here. Before we do, I just want to ask everybody to leave us a review. We want to help as many people as we possibly can this draft season. And the best way to do that is to get us in front of more ears and eyeballs and everything. So please subscribe wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, Apple, leave a review for us. Five stars would be preferred. Uh, watch us on YouTube. Just, just watch us, get us out there and we can help more people dominate their league. We will move to the running backs here. Billy, give me your three running backs that you are avoiding. So the first one is uh, Jonathan Taylor, and it's pretty obvious the reasons why. One, of course, he's coming off that ankle injury. Um, two, he's having this contract dispute. Um, and three, he just got granted permission for his his trade. That being said, it's going to be pretty hard for him to, to find a trade suitor, in my opinion, because of everything I just mentioned. It's This is like a lot of baggage for a team to, to take on and just assume that they're going to get the 2021 form of Jonathan Taylor while him coming off injury. There's no guarantee that he can play healthy the entire year. Now, if he does not, in fact, get traded, which I think is is the odds are I don't think are great for him to get traded. Um, if he does not and he stays with the Colts, we know he's unhappy. We know he's in a contract dispute. Um, he does need to acquire at least six games of eligibility in order for him to, um, or I should say six games in order for him to gain a year of eligibility. So what happens if we see him do this hold in during the season and he gets his six games out of the way, maybe the first six, seven weeks, and then all of a sudden starts saying, Oh, my knee's not right. My ankle's not right. I'm not feeling okay. And there's nothing that the team can do to force him to play. And so we could be looking at a potential hold in in the season where he's nursing, quote unquote, his injuries because he's has this contract dispute and is not happy about where he's playing at and what his contract is. And so I think that we have to consider all of these different faucets when we're doing rankings, projections. And of course, when we're drafting to win our home leagues and inside of our football championships, do we really want to have a running back on our team that has a potential of sitting out multiple games during the season due to a dispute or a quote unquote lingering injury. And it just brings a lot of hesitation for me when I see him in drafts. Although his ADP is falling, we're getting to a point where I'm more comfortable taking him. 
I still think that there is a lot to consider because it's a very, very, very complicated situation. The other running back is Josh Jacobs. And for similar reasons uh, that I just mentioned, the contract dispute. And again, looking at the year of eligibility, when the NFLPA redid these contracts, they took the power out of the player's hands. And so now the player is going to do everything in their power that they can do to try to regain that power. And that means that they could potentially fake injuries. They could say that they're not feeling well. They could say that something just isn't right. And so we could see a similar situation with Josh Jacobs, although news is reports that he's going to come back for week one. Um, but there is some other issues with Josh Jacobs that brings alarm for me when I'm doing my rankings. Last year, we saw him with 340 rushing attempts. It was an astronomical amount of carries that nobody had projected inside of uh, the fantasy industry. We saw him average almost five yards a carry, which was a full yard more than we saw in 2021. And so everything had to go wrong for the Raiders in order for it to go right for Josh Jacobs. We saw all the injuries the team had. Waller got injured, Hunter Renfro got injured. And so what did the offense do? They funneled it through Josh Jacobs. So I just think that between the quote unquote contract dispute um, and then also the kind of stars aligning for everything to go right last year, I just don't think we see all those things happen again. And I could say that we can see some, some pretty huge regression inside of his rush attempts um, and which is overall of course going to lower his rushing yards and his involvement just in general with the offense with the additions of Jacoby Myers um, they also have Renfro back they still have Devontae Adams there's a lot of moving pieces this year but I don't think that Josh Jacobs is going to see the workload that he saw in 2022. Fitz I, I know that the Jonathan Taylor one hurts your heart <laughs> no it really does but um, so much of what Billy said made sense and it it especially hurts, Ryan, because I was so excited to see Jonathan Taylor play with Anthony Richardson and see what that would look like when they were running RPO stuff. And I'm just thinking back to Robert Griffin III's rookie year when RG3 took the league by storm. And, oh, by the way, Alfred Morris had this insane season. Alfred Morris, who uh, you know everyone just saw as this plotter for the rest of his career, went berserk that year because the RPO stuff worked so well. Now imagine Jonathan Taylor, who, um, you know, I know when there's conversation about who the best pure runner in the league is, everyone immediately names Nick Chubb. I think Taylor's absolutely in the conversation with Nick Chubb for that. So, yes, it does hurt, but the possibility that, um, you know, we could see the scenario play out that Billy mentioned where it's, um, I guess, given the given the color of the Colts uniform, you could call it the blue flu, uh, where, you know, he gets his six like games in and then maybe there is some sort of injury that, uh, you know, may or may not exist. And Taylor doesn't want to risk himself because it's not financially prudent to do so. So, yeah, that's a it's just a tough situation there. And for a while, I was kind of trying to capitalize on the value and draft Taylor around the two, three turn. And now I'm I'm starting to cool off on that. And sort of the same concerns about Jacobs. I moved him up a little with the news that he might be back with the team before week one or he's expected back, although he's not actually back yet. So that's still a little bit concerning. Um, yeah, these are these are the two hot potato running backs without question of the draft season. Now, Billy, originally on the list that you sent me, you had J.K. Dobbins as well. I have to assume you didn't bring him up because you saw me wearing my Baltimore <laughs> Ravens shirt and were scared off. Is that correct? That, that was part of it. I, I saw that, the, that, that fierce look behind the mic over there, and I got a little nervous. But um, no, it was just I felt like if I mentioned Dobbins, it was all around the same topic, and it was starting to get yeah. repetitive of talking about the three contract disputes. Um, I could just you know throw in a few notes that I just don't think Dobbins' knee is quite right yet either. Um, we saw him at the end of last year, he hobbled even down the stretch, although he looked good for a hobbled running back. Um, hitting the pup list at the beginning of the season was a bit of a concern, again, because the knee's just not quite right. Um, and so I, I think he saw Keaton Mitchell's run and was like, I got to get back on the field. But uh, I, I think overall, I just have concerns with the knee in, re in addition to the contract again. So all these are contract related, but with Dobbins, there's an actual real concern with the knee not being right. Right. And about him seeing the field consistently and what happens if it swells back up on him? What happens if he misses a week here and there? I think at that point now he's being overdrafted and and it's 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 something that I'm just a little concerned about. All right. 
I'll allow it. Guys, anyone who knows me knows how much I love going to see sports in person. I recently checked off my 15th MLB stadium in person, which means I am halfway to seeing all 30. Camden Yards remains at the very top of the list for me, obviously, but I plan to get to all 30 stadiums with the help of GameTime, the fastest-growing ticketing app in the United States. For last-minute amazing deals on tickets to see your favorite baseball team, band, or comedian, download GameTime. And again, it's not just sports. Summer means huge concerts and comedy shows all across the country and game time has your tickets download the game time app and redeem code fantasy pros for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply again download the game time app and enter code fantasy pros for twenty dollars off no matter where you live get out and have some fun this week download game time today and enter code fantasy pros last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Right now, I want to take some time to celebrate our everyday champions, our cars. Thanks to eBay Motors, we're keeping our rides running as smoothly as our fantasy teams. Our cars are more than just vehicles. They're partners in our daily hustle. They're there for the early morning commutes, the weekend getaways, and every crucial errand in between. Remember those times your car was the MVP, getting you to that important meeting or helping you make a last-minute pickup? Just like the right player in fantasy football, the right car makes all the difference in our daily game of life. The dependability a car provides is one of the cornerstones of our daily lives, which is why it's so important to maintain our vehicles the way we maintain our fantasy teams. Just like a well-managed fantasy team, maintaining your car requires strategy and foresight. It's all about knowing when to make those crucial upgrades or timely repairs. Ever experience the triumph of a DIY fix on your car? That perfect moment when everything comes together and your vehicle runs as smoothly as planned? That's what eBay Motors brings to the table, ensuring each part you choose is not not just a temporary solution, but a perfect fit for your car's needs. Speaking of perfect fits, whether it's choosing the right fantasy player or finding the ideal part for your car, the right fit can make your day. There's a unique satisfaction when everything falls into place, be it a winning fantasy lineup or a car part that enhances your ride. That's why eBay Motors is dedicated to making sure you get that perfect fit every time. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Fitz, give me a couple of running backs here. Yeah, I think a lot of people view Saquon Barkley as sort of a safe harbor if they draw a late first round pick and, uh, you know, don't get the option of a top six, top seven guy. But I, I just wonder if that harbor might not be mined. Like I'm, I'm sort of drafting around Saquon Barkley because there's this perception that his 2022 season was a successful comeback from a couple of injury plague seasons in 2020 and 2021 because he ran for 1,300 yards last year and had 10 touchdowns. The reason I don't think Saquon is a first-round value is that he has not shown us really any juice in the passing game since 2019. 
And, um, you know, when he came out of Penn State, that was the appeal of him, that he could be this potentially a Marshall Falk type of player. Like he had that sort of athleticism and the pass catching ability was key. And the reality is that, I mean, he, he averaged 5.9 yards per catch and 4.4 yards per target last year. Those are, are just poor efficiency numbers. And in 2021, 6.4 yards per catch, 4.6 yards per target, not, not much better. He's had two touchdown catches in his last 34 games, including their two playoff games last year. So um, his rushing production actually started to taper off down the stretch last year. Uh, over his first nine games, Saquon averaged 103.4 rushing yards per game and 4.7 yards per carry. But over his last seven regular season games, 54.4 rushing yards per game, 3.9 yards per carry. And it wasn't really a defensive thing either, where he was just running into a bunch of tough matchups. I think the only team that ranked in the top five uh, in DVOA for run defense was Dallas that he saw during that stretch. I mean, he played the Lions defense, which was like 26th in run defense DVOA. He had 15 carries for 22 yards against the Lions. So um, I'm just a little concerned that maybe like the, the thing that made Saquon special that juice in the passing game isn't coming back. And uh, the other Fitz, guy... Before, oh, I want to cut sorry. you off. Before you get to the other running back, I just want to get Billy's opinion because when you look at the Fantasy Pros expert rankings, we are pretty much all behind consensus on Saquon. Joey P has him up at eighth overall. This is amongst all players, not running backs. But everybody else, Debro, Erickson, and Fitz, have him 14th or worse. Where do you come down on Saquon, Billy? <laughs> I actually moved him to my RB1 this week. Um, So I I was so disappointed when I saw this on Pat's (laughs) list. So there's there's been reports about Saquon having a lot more involvement in the passing game this year. And this was, of course, the concern. Prior, I had him as RB5 uh, inside of my rankings. And so that's probably a little bit more in line with where Pat has him and and the rest of the team. But that being said, reports are that he's going to be more involved in the passing game this year. And I think that can be uh, you know affirmed by the 15 wide receivers they have on the team that just nobody really has a spot um, or a role and we could probably see the offense being funneled through one Darren Waller and two Saquon Barkley in the passing game Barkley had that 121 target season his rookie season with 91 receptions and since then it's been you know maybe a bit of a letdown inside of the the target category 73 in 2019 of course injured in 2020 um, injured again in 2021 but he saw 57 so he was on a better a better trajectory there last year saw 76 so starting to get back to form but I think this year we might see more of the 80s maybe if we're lucky into the 90s um, in targets I think that we can possibly see hopefully more than two touchdowns in 34 games um, from the receiving factor but um, in terms of workload on the ground it's one of the few players that we can say in the NFL is probably going to see a 60 plus percent of the rushing share. Um, I can probably count on one hand, if not maybe a couple fingers, which running backs in the NFL that we can say that for. Last year, he saw an opportunity share of 80.1%, which was RB3. We saw snap share of 80%, which was RB2. Weighted opportunities of 296, which was RB number four. Route participation, although he wasn't targeted, he still ran the third most routes in the in the league at the position at 60.6. So he got his cardio in. Uh, target share, he ran 17, 17.2%, which was number five at the running back position. Um, And of course, we all know that he's explosive. Breakaway runs number two in the league with 18. So there's a lot to like about Saquon Barkley, in my opinion. Um, He was one of the guys, the first to kind of settle the contract dispute and sign his tender and get back on the field. Uh, We saw him even address it on Twitter about being a teammate and being there for his teammates. So to me, the mentality of his contract versus the mentality of Jonathan Taylor or versus the mentality of Josh Jacobs is just, you know, apples and oranges. And the fact that they lack a lot of weapons in the passing game tells me that Barkley might be more involved. And so he is my RB one going into 2023. Fitz quickly, give me your other running back. It's Jarek McKinnon and uh, you know, not nearly as consequential a player as Saquon Barkley, but man, I, I do see McKinnon sneaking into the middle rounds of drafts now. And I don't mind McKinnon in best ball because in best ball, you are going to capture all of the good stuff, the touchdowns, the six catch games. Um, But I, in a managed league, McKinnon is going to be an absolute nightmare to handle. 
and you are just drafting yourself a headache. I mean, he averaged 4.2 carries a game last year and 4.2 targets a game. Now, the targets, it's not a bad total for a running back. Um, You know, it's nice he's involved in the passing game, but even though his overall receiving numbers were good last year, 56 catches, 512 yards, there were only five games where McKinnon had more than three catches. So, you know, good luck trying to guess the touchdown games and the high reception games. Um, And the touchdown thing, by the way, McKinnon scored 10 touchdowns last season on 128 touches. Like that is not happening again. That's just a fluke. So if you draft McKinnon in a managed league, it's just going to be so hard to figure out when to start the guy because touchdowns are wildly unpredictable and McKinnon just doesn't get that many touches. Guys, as much as I love football season, my heart really belongs to one sport, and that's adult slow-pitch softball. There's nothing I love more on a beautiful Denver evening than playing softball with my team. And while it's not technically a beer league, we sure treat it like one. And when we're drinking beers to wash away the sting of a loss or celebrate a summer season championship like my team just did a couple weeks ago— Either way, we're drinking Miller Light, the 96-calorie beer that tastes like beer and is perfectly brewed for everything summer has to offer. After winning our softball title, we had to go out and celebrate, of course. And what was the first thing we did after getting our table was order a couple pitchers of Miller Lights, and our good time jumped into another gear, inside or outside, hanging with friends, or just peacefully enjoying a summer sunset or a sunrise if you're on vacation. Live those summer moments with Miller Light. With a Miller Light in your hand, summer doesn't just taste great. It tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash FantasyPros. That's MillerLite.com slash FantasyPros. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Guys, we just have the quarterbacks and tight ends left. We're only going to do one each at each position. So we'll go a little quickly here as we wrap up. Billy, starting with you on the quarterback. Anthony Richardson is my fave this year at position, and I'm probably going to be you know, attacked on Twitter because of it because he's the Twitter darling. But that being said, he was not a darling in college. Uh, he was one of the most inaccurate quarterbacks that I have seen. You know, 53.8% completion percent last year in college, 59% 2021, you know, 50% in a small sample size in 2020, but has never once eclipsed the 60% completion percentage in college. That is not going to get better in the NFL, folks. It's going to get worse. Um, and we saw that firsthand in the preseason game last week where he was atrocious um, through the interception. He looked like he struggled with um, with the pressure, did not seem like he was adjusting well to the NFL speed. Um, the, cannot argue about his athleticism. You know, probably one of the most athletic quarterbacks of our time, definitely in this class, um, has, you know, 4.43 speed. Um, you, you know, a player profile that came in number one at all time in athleticism inside of our athleticism score. So you can't argue about his athleticism. But you can definitely argue about his um, his 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 passing accuracy. You can argue about his readiness to become a an NFL quarterback. Um, and we're depending upon his legs. So that's going to be the argument here. It's going to be the Justin Fields argument that he can reach this this ceiling based upon his legs. Well, folks, if he can't throw the ball, guess what they're going to do? They're going to load that box up. And if they're going to load that box up, they're going to force him to throw the ball, which in turn is going to create more turnovers. And so I have some concerns with Anthony Richardson. I definitely think he's going to get, you know, a lot of rushing work because he's going to have to. I think he's going to rely on it. Um, they're probably going to, you know, be able to use the, utilize the play action. Now, I'd like him more if Jonathan Taylor was on the field. And so no Jonathan Taylor with no other back back there really to be feared. You know, Deion Jackson, not Somebody's going to strike the fear into defenses. They know that it's going to be Anthony Richardson running the ball or throwing the ball right now. And so I have a lot of concerns with Anthony Richardson and his success early on the season. I believe he probably adjusts and get more up to the NFL speed as the season progresses. But it's a big ask for a rookie coming in with the inaccuracies he has. The people are drafting him as a top 10 quarterback right now at the FFPC. And I'm just fully out at that price. Yeah, as soon as you said his name, I just thought, I don't know what movie it's from, but the meme of the guy was like, boo this man, boo, and throws the hat <laughs> on stage. <laughs> Anthony Richardson is a fun guy to go all in on and just think, you just dream on the you know otherworldly athleticism and the upside, and and so I get why it's really intoxicating to, to want to reach on him, and you don't want to miss out on having a guy that fun on your team, but you do make a good case against him. I don't want to spend too much time on these positions, Fitz, but just quickly, since Anthony Richardson is such a popular player, what do you make of Billy's stance on him? I think that was the water boy, by the way, Worm. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm kind of with I'm kind of with Billy on this. Um, like, I think 
Richardson can develop into a good passer eventually, but we're not going to see it in year one. And he is going to have to make a lot of hay as a runner to, uh, you know, return, give you a positive ROI at this crazy price he's been going for in drafts recently. So, yeah, I'm with Billy on this one. Fitz, let's stick with you for your quarterback. Oh, my guy's Aaron Rodgers. And just to be clear, Worm, this is not about me being a uh, an embittered, scorned Green Bay Packers fan. <laughs> Rodgers is still one of the best pure passers in the game, and I think he's going to be a better real-life quarterback than fantasy quarterback this year. But he's 39 years old and just doesn't give you anything in the running game anymore. And while Rodgers is probably going to be an efficient passer, I don't think he's very likely to be a prolific passer this year simply because the Jets don't need him to be. Their defense is one of the best in the league, and the Jets are not going to be involved in a lot of shootouts. And so that's going to tamp down Rodgers' numbers and uh, you know not give him opportunities for those 300-yard games that he had throughout his career in Green Bay. So uh, the weekly ceiling isn't going to be very high. And then there's the matter of the offensive pace. The Jets' new offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, he was the Packers' offensive coordinator from 2019 to 2021. So he and Rodgers have a history together. And during those three years in Green Bay, um, the Packers ranked 28th, 32nd, and 32nd in offensive pace. So slower pace means fewer plays, fewer playing plays, fewer opportunities for fantasy points. And oh, by the way, the, the Jets' offensive line is kind of a problem. As people watching HBO's Hard Knocks are well aware, like that's an issue. And, you know, he might have a stronger supporting cast now with the Jets than he had with the Packers, but not on the offensive line. Like Green Bay always put a good offensive line in front of him and the Jets offensive line is not going to be described as good anytime soon. Yeah, I, I'm not going to call you a homer on this one, Fitz, because I am fully in agreement with you. I think Rodgers does a lot more for all the skill position players in the offense than he does for himself in terms of fantasy this year. Like, I I am one of the people who's very all-in on, like, a Garrett Wilson type because of Rodgers, but I don't think it's going to be Rodgers who's kind of reaping the benefits of the new offense in terms of fantasy points. Uh, let's get to tight ends. And, Billy, you've got another uber athlete for your pick here. <laughs> yeah. Again, a Twitter darling. People aren't going to like me today. Um, Kyle Pitts and and Kyle Pitts just we have has not lived up to the hype yet that we have seen when he came out in 2021 in his rookie season. And in partly, I just think it's due to Arthur Smith and this coaching staff and the system that he's in. You know, you add in Bijan Robinson to the mix, and it it, it inserts another uh, athletic player who's going to be involved in the passing game. Um, but Kyle Pitts to me at at cost right now is just it's it's scary. I'd rather have somebody like Darren Waller. You, you could argue a couple other tight ends of this area. Um, and then when we look at the preseason and the snaps, um, it kind of coincides with what we saw last year. It's just kind of this uh, anomaly of just weird usage, um, you know, where he only saw 50% of the routes in his preseason. And yes, it's a small sample size, but still it's a little kind of, you know, concerning because Johnny Smith saw 40%. And then when we saw 11 personnel, we saw 33% of the snaps. And then when we saw 21 personnel, he saw 0% of the snaps. So um, it is a bit concerning to see Kyle Pitts coming off the field for wide receiver threes and wide receiver fours in this offense. Um, If that continues in the season, I think that we could have a, a pretty big letdown season from Kyle Pitts. But overall, it just breaks down to his involvement on the field and how they utilize him um, in this offense. And if they put him in line against linebackers and creates mismatches, great, but they've been moving him out wide, which doesn't make any sense to me. So Kyle Pitts for me, a fade at cost. Uh, Billy, just quickly kind of philosophically when you're drafting and I'll just spoil that Fitz's pick is George Kittle. So these are, this is tight end five and six kind of is somewhere in that range, depending on the rankings you're looking at. I feel like in recent years, it's become more and more of a thing to say you're either taking one of those top two or three tight ends or you're waiting and trying to hit on you know one or two of these sleepers going late. Do you think that's why you and Fitz are kind of looking at this tight end five and six range again as a guy to avoid? Or it just so happens that this is a player you don't like very much? I think a bit of both. Um, I definitely think it's either Kelsey or Andrews or bust at tight end and you just push the position just because we've seen so many players outside the top 12 at this position finish inside the top 10 and happens every single year. And and we just have to find those players. Someone always emerges into a larger role than we anticipated, whether it become injury or they just shine inside of the season. Um, So when we look at the total 
tight end scoring, the difference from like tight end six to tight end 13 is minimal. And, and we have to, you know, spend a lot higher draft capital to acquire tight end five. Would I rather just take two guys in the 12 to 15 range and then see what happens in the season? And more than likely, you're going to get one that's going to finish inside the top 12. Um, so I typically would just push the position and, and follow snaps, follow routes, um, because you have to follow routes with tight ends because snaps can be misleading because they're blocking as well. And so we want to look at the what routes they're running. If they're running from the slot, if they're if they're if they're just you know just running routes, or if they're if they're blocking as well. And so we take all this into consideration. We're analyzing tight end talent, and we have to know um, what those percentages are for each of those, and then that helps us identify which tight ends are most likely to break out in the season. Fitz, I already said it. George Kittle's your pick. Talk about him. Yeah, I just I had a tough time coming up with a tight end that I'm I'm fading like this, and it's. Kittle's a great player, but he is in the category, uh, same category as TJ Hawkinson for me, of guys I actually rank pretty highly, but just aren't drafting where they're being taken in drafts. Like, I've got Kittle tight end four, but I, I just don't want to draft him uh, at, at the spot where he usually goes, which I think ADP is 51st overall. Touchdown regression, we know it's coming. He had 11 last year. He had never scored more than six touchdowns in any previous season. Um, the usage week to week can be unpredictable. I mean, Billy just talked about having to pay attention to routes versus snaps with tight ends because they block a lot. That's kind of the thing with Kittle. Some weeks he's involved in the game plan heavily as a pass catcher. Other weeks he's mostly blocking because he's great at it, like one of the best blocking tight ends in the game. Um, and, and the other thing, I mean, Kittle loves the physicality of the game, which is part of what makes him such a great player. That makes him risky, though. He's missed 15 games over the last four years. So, um, you know, as much as I like him as a player, not really someone I'm looking to draft in the, what, fifth round. Quick recap here of all the players that we're avoiding in drafts for Billy. It's Calvin Ridley, Juju Smith-Schuster, Amari Cooper. I'll throw JSN in there as well. Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs, J.K. Dobbins, Anthony Richardson, and Kyle Pitts. Uh, remember to go tweet at him, not at us for that, for, for a lot of those picks. Uh, for Fitz, it's DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel, Chris Godwin, Saquon Barkley, Jarek McKinnon, Aaron Rodgers, and George Kittle. Guys, we are here back half of August. Uh, just, you know, a couple weeks left till the season. These, you know, this is the, the fun time of year. I just can't hype it up enough. I love these next few weeks and, and all the drafts. Everybody squeezes in at the end of August, early September. So for Billy and Fitz, I am Ryan Warmly. Thank you everybody for tuning in. We'll see you again next time. Thanks for listening to the fantasy pros football podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at fantasy pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. 
Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.